This episode of Organic Poison Podcast is brought to you by my dear friend, Manny Anderson. Manny, you're a great dude. You're extremely supportive, and everything that you've ever done for me or my endeavors has been greatly appreciated. I cannot wait to see you again. I will buy you a shot. Maybe. You're a radical dude, and I just want you to know that anybody who doesn't have the chance to follow you on social media or have the chance to meet you in person has failed themselves, and they deserve better. They can do better by following you. They can do better by understanding you. Thank you, Manny. You're the man. Hey, what's going on, guys? Organic poison, sickest in the South. Not sure. I think this is episode six. Uh, a little down with the sickness here this week. <clears throat> I got a little bit of a cold, a little bit of a cough, a little bit of a sneeze, a little bit of all that. Uh, just started a thing this week. Uh, doing a little trial and error with it, but uh, I'm gonna start having weekly sponsors. Now, I'm mainly doing this right now for the sake of trying to raise some money to better the podcast. Uh, whether it be a laptop or some more equipment or something that I could uh, maybe use other than just my phone. Though this is very convenient and nice to have popping off, it's not exactly the most uh, conveniently approachable thing. Hey man, you want to come sit in my car and record a podcast don't get me wrong people who know me it's not that bad but when i'm trying to get these interviews with these other people it's kind of uh maybe i'm just nervous about asking people but i don't exactly want to go ask the owner of a business if he wants to come sit in my car and record a podcast so but i digress there's probably better ways if you have any suggestions let me know if you don't that's cool too uh Anyway, so probably going to do weekly sponsors. Sponsors by, uh, let's say, if you want to shout out as an individual. If, you have a, if you're an artist and you have a project coming out and you want to shout out for that. We'll work out, you know, a, a standard amount. And we'll do it like that. At the beginning of this one, you saw I shouted out my dear friend, Manny Anderson. He was my first official sponsor. Manny is uh, Manny is an awesome guy, so as you can tell, I uh, really do appreciate what he did for uh, for me. You know, he kind of mentioned something that something that I feel like I've talked to on one of the previous ones about it, people supporting people. It's like you know, people go out and go out of their way to uh, you know support really big artists and you know support really famous people, which in all honesty, you know they're famous for a reason because a lot of people support him but it's like let us lest we not ignore the talent and the ambition of people that are around us 
than the people that we see, you know, really trying to do something. Sure, they might not be doing it as well polished as the guy who has 45 people in their team helping them make things pop off. But, and I'm not speaking for myself particularly. There's people who work a lot harder than I do that are chasing their dreams trying to make shit happen. And they need people like us to continue their, their journey. And, uh... Manny Anderson is one person that has always been pretty supportive of me in the recent years and of the different things that I've done, not just me specifically, but the people I've been involved with. So, shout out to him. Um, you know, I figured I'd start out just kind of shooting the shit for a minute, uh, now that I've already shot the shit for a while. Let's see, you know, AB to the Patriots, I don't really want to talk about that right now because uh, I don't know enough about it. I know that he whimpered and whined and complained, but we're trying to figure out right now, you know, as conspiratorial facts, did he, was this premeditated for him to go to the Patriots? I mean, I pretty much think of the Patriots as like the private school of the NFL, and uh, kind of makes sense. You know, it's like growing up, you were like always kind of like, man, fuck the guys at the private school, you know, blah, blah, which I mean, obviously I got older and they were my favorite people to party with. But, you know, Patriots kind of suck. If you're a Patriots fan, I'm really sorry that you have to hear me say that, but I hate the Patriots. I respect Tom Brady. I respect Bill Belichick. I actually respect a lot of the players on the team because they're pretty good, but I'm sick of them winning. Uh, I'm going to probably spend time this season taking back what I've said the past two seasons. I was like, oh, man, you know, we're watching history. Uh, we're witnessing a, a crazy moment in time. Now I'm kind of just ready for that crazy moment in time to end because we witnessed it, and it can be over now. I'll be okay with that. Uh, Southern Miss played MSU. Uh, valiant effort, but they lost. Didn't watch the game, so I don't really have much to say about that. Usually I'd like to have a counterpart when I'm discussing sports, so I'm just going to go ahead and knock these out of the way. Uh, UFC uh, Saturday that happened the, in Abu Dhabi. It was a interesting group of a card of fights. Everything seemed to have gone pretty well. Uh, the main fight that anyone cared about was uh, Khabib, whatever his last name is and uh, Dustin Poirier, and he beat Dustin Poirier. He pretty much did him the same way he did Connor. Not really, but he did him the same way that he did everyone else. He out-wrestled him. Uh, Khabib is not of this planet. I'm pretty sure that he trained to be a wrestler on a different planet. Um, I could be wrong about that, but... He's definitely got a lot of talent beyond all understanding and expectations. Um, you know, one thing that was interesting about it, one thing that if if you are someone that watches UFC or if, you know, you're not, I will say one thing that, you know, we've kind of gotten used to and liking is, you know, when somebody wins, you know, and they're, say, just getting into the early, like, into top ten rankings, they kind of call out who they want to fight. Like, it doesn't always work out because, I mean, if I'm ranked higher than you, I pretty much get to say whether or not I want to fight you or not. Which, I guess, ultimately, people have to agree if they want to fight someone either way. But, uh, and Khabib, you know, like, he's he seems to play a pretty good character. Like, it was easy to not like him because he was 
slaughtering everybody. And then, of course, we were all like, oh, <laughs> slobbing on Connor's dick there for a while. So we were like, man, fuck Khabib. Fuck Khabib. Because Connor's the best, man. Connor's the best. And then he beat Connor, and it was like, oh, man. You know, Connor was sort of a dickhead to this guy. And now we see that Khabib isn't exactly a bad guy. I'm not going to say that, you know, oh, man, I'm a diehard Khabib fan. But he is a great fighter, and he is seems to be a pretty awesome guy. So, uh, but no, he didn't call anyone out after he beat Dustin Poirier. He said a bunch of really kind things. Said he was gonna uh, dedicate some money, give some money to Dustin Poirier's charity that he had and stuff. Like I don't know, he was a really good sportsman about it. So uh, Tony Ferguson is technically the second guy uh, or the number one contender at this point to fight him. Well, we were under the impression that Tony Ferguson might end up fighting Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor is third in line. Well, uh, everybody's saying it makes sense for Tony Ferguson to fight uh, to fight Khabib, which is totally cool. I'm totally fine with seeing that because Tony Ferguson is more of a wrestler himself. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily know that he'll beat Khabib, but I mean... We've seen Khabib beat everybody else. Um, well, Connor decides to get on Twitter last night after the fight, a good hour or so after the fight. He said, Set my rematch up in Moscow. So, Twitter, of course, loses their mind. But usually, where people would, you know, you would usually see where Connor would tweet something in his moments of wilding out. And uh, people would be like, yeah, hell yeah, we're, yeah, oh my god, proper 12, oh my god, I'm drunk already, you know, those kind of moments. There's a little bit of a different reaction last night. Kind of seemed like everyone was like, hey, Connor, shut the fuck up. Uh, nobody wants to see you get mauled down again by Khabib. Khabib put a whipping on him the first time they fought. So I'm not really sure that everyone's just dying to see that happen again. Especially in Moscow. For those of you who don't care at all about this or know anything about this, Khabib is from Moscow. Or, excuse me, he's from Russia. He's from Kazakhstan, one of the stands. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. I don't think Con Connor's not going to get his rematch first. Even Dana White, the, the pretty much one of the leaders of the UFC, he's like the president of whatever, CEO something. Um, we just call him Dana White is the Dana White of the UFC. But if you don't know what I'm talking about, and you don't care what I'm talking about, Dana White is that guy. He said that, uh, that Tony Ferguson's going to be the next fight for Khabib, Nurgamurgur, whatever his last name is. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't really have much else to say particularly about, uh, sports other than the fact that earlier today while I was watching football, I saw a commercial, um, with Nick Saban. Nick Saban was in an Aflac commercial, so it was really weird. He's wearing a blue, uh, polo, and I know that he's coached other teams before, and, you know, he's been in different leagues, are different, uh, you know different, whatever, different, wherever, he hasn't always worn a maroon, or excuse me, a crimson polo, 
But it was pretty odd seeing him in that Affleck commercial saying something like scripted. That was just different for me. But I enjoyed it. It was nice. It was nice. Um, I told myself that I was going to, uh, you know, try to find something unique about myself that I would try to put parallel into with the podcast. Now, used to on social media, I would be uh, fairly transparent, I guess, in a way, but not at the same time. But with the podcast, I think since I also kind of use this as sort of a therapeutic thing for me, with it, whether it be with someone or me doing it by myself or however, I think I want to allow this to kind of be my transparent center. Because on social media, like, I'm not, I'm really not super big on, like, posting things about, like, my kid or posting things about my wife or anything like that. And I, you know, probably rarely talk about them on the podcast, but... It's also things, you know, it's like, I feel like, okay, for example, I, I have a studio time booked. I'm going to go record me some music. Really excited about that. I'm not trying to post that online because if I post it online, that it almost gives a sense of, uh, feels like I'm talking, like trying to sell something before the product is even created, which that, this product won't be for sale, but I'm just saying in general. And, like, certain conversations when we open up, like, say, if I have a guest in here or wherever, and we're having a conversation, it's like, you might not be able to get that personal and talk about things on social media where it's, like, as an open discussion about feelings and things. But I was going to say that I, I do want to be able to uh, have things and information or open up a little more about myself and uh, my guests, whoever I may have, be able to be, you know, open about things and what have you. So, if in the event that you guys continue to listen or happen to tell someone, you probably will figure out a lot more about me via the podcast as opposed to uh, social media. One thing that I have tried to do is not be so stuck up social media's ass. Uh, I really have to use as much as I can to promote and to network because I don't get out of the house very much uh, other than to go to work. But I digress. Once again, this podcast is obviously me spending a lot of time venting, but also just explaining myself. So when I have guests in here, it's a lot easier to stay on topic. Uh, but with that being said, I have another topic to discuss with you all. So, on occasion, I go to Sunday morning church. I'm not a very uh, religious guy, particularly these days. A uh, whole different conversation and podcast to be had. But, I do attend church on Sunday morning sometimes with my uh, family, my, my in-laws. And it's nice, you know, I try not to dig too deep. I honestly... I enjoy being around people that are off, at least pretending to be in a good mood every now and then. And, you know, occasionally you can get a good, nice little message out of the service. So, uh, it's cool. I I noticed something, though, just me being me and had my little booklet in there, or my little notebook in there. And something, I guess, that, I mean, maybe somebody's brought it up before. Maybe I've talked about it when I used to do drugs a lot or something with my friends sitting around in a circle and feel like this would be a conversation we would have had like on mushroom, about eight or nine mushroom caps in. 
why is it that in every single like a like occult type thing or you know satanism or whatever or any kind of anything else other than christianity it is extremely fucked up if you're talking about like the blood of something but for some reason it's like the blood of jesus happens to be completely okay it's like if you bathe in the blood of jesus I'm, I'm cleansing the cleansing blood of jesus i mean all think of any hymn any bible verse any possible anything you can think of that when you because most of y'all have been to church most of you have probably heard a lot of you grew up probably around some southern baptists or some catholics and something about the blood of christ is just such a redeeming quality but Jesus' blood is the only blood that that's okay to do that with. Because, you know, you see all anything, all Satan, any kind of Satanist or, or Satanism uh, or, a, like, cult shit or anything like that, it's always got some blood. But, like, if, say, a Christian mom saw that you had uh, a Denny Borgir CD in their, like, or a music video and there's, like, blood and shit and they're, like, putting their feet in it, just casually stepping in it, it's like, oh my God, what the fuck are you watching? That you, what is this? What is this? It's like, but mom, how much different is this than us talking about? We literally do communion, and that's like drinking the blood of Jesus. We're drinking the blood and eating the flesh of Jesus. Now, symbolism, sure whatever but i mean come on now let's think about that it's probably you know it's probably justifiable in some people's heads but if jesus died for our sins think about how radical it would be if you were there and you ran up to him got some of his blood and drank it in 2019 That is fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm, and this is not me, you know, I'm not trying to go on some anti, you know, Jesus thing. I, I think Jesus was a, seems like to be a pretty, have been a great guy. I'm just saying that is, that is nuts to me. But aside from the, that whole part, I, my main question is why is it that in our, you know, top five Christian religion or denominations, it is very frequently talked about the blood of Jesus. And I wonder why it is that it's so okay for this particular religion to be down with anything, down with doing practically anything with Jesus' blood, but for someone else to do it, it is, it's catastrophic. Like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's not very many goats that have, you know, you know, brought people, risen from the dead, or, you know, healed people from being blind, or, you know, made them walk again, but I know some people that play in black metal bands that will, you know, spit some goat blood or some cow blood out on, on the stage for a good time, and, you know, they're, you know, pretty much damned to hell, kids can't hang out with them, that's extremely fucked up of them to do that, you know, I, I'm just saying, it kind of sounds like a double standard to me, but, I'm sure that's probably, there's probably some justification there because 
kind of it's obviously out of the wheelhouse for a Southern Baptist to have double standards. So, <laughs> food for thought. If you guys have any thoughts on that, feel free to uh, let me know. Or because uh, I'm down with bringing the topic back up when I have a guest in, especially if somebody's got an opinion on it. It'd be great. Uh, and you know. I, uh, I also have here uh, another <laughs> another topic that I wrote down. I feel like there should be like a utopia for like artists, but not for artists that are still striving. Like you know, people say once an artist, always an artist. You're never going to stop creating. I call bullshit on that. I think that there are a lot of really successful people who are artists and creatives that maybe one day that they just decide that they're like, I want to tap out. Like, not necessarily because they have so much money that they don't have to do shit anymore. Like, okay, let's, I'm, I'm going to use Lil Wayne as an example. Or, uh, let's say Chad Kroger from Nickelback. Shouldn't there be, like, a city where, like, those, like, a, a specific city where those guys could go and not have to, uh, like, they could just hang out with other used-to-be creatives and artists? Like, we retire from doing what we did. But we're gonna go here and where there's no paparazzi, and there's no, you know, fans. Other, I mean, obviously there's other people that are probably fit. like a retirement home, a retirement community for artists. That it's like it's time to put down the, you know, you know, Lil Wayne probably does other stuff, but it's like he's not like a Jay Z that's like got his entire body enveloped in other business and other cultural things. Or like a Dr. Dre who's, you know, still... Like Lil Wayne could probably retire, retire. Chad Kroger could retire, retire. Like you got... They could go to this this omnipresent community and just live there. Like, you know, you could see Lil Wayne skating to the gas station. You don't have to worry about, like, being mobbed by a bunch of people. And, you know, Chad Kroger could grow his hair back out and, you know grow it as long as he wants he might be baldened by now who knows he he could stop taking rogaine he could stop taking uh f just for men he they could just go and they could relax and they could talk about all their times that they went and they did a bunch of drugs or didn't do a bunch of drugs or had sex with a groupie or didn't have sex with a groupie they might could go there and have substantial relationships maybe not but it's something to think about i mean wouldn't that be a goal for like a single man in his 40s after he's done lived it all? And then you think to yourself, like, what if they go there and they're not obligated to create? And then they go fucking crazy. Like, what if they go nuts? Think about, like, I mean, how boring would these people be if they just became normal people? It's like, you gotta wonder. Like, I was hearing this thing the other day. They were talking about how Keith Richards, like, rides around on a bicycle in the neighborhood where he lives like Keith Richards is a different breed of human being obviously I don't know how he's still alive glad he is but it's nuts because this thing what would you do if like that wasn't even a big deal somewhere like of course probably the people who live in Keith Richards neighborhood doesn't think it's a big deal oh yeah man he just ha, 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 comes down and gets kale every week you know like but if there was a whole community where it's like great security these guys like these guys just hang out i almost picture it like uh that episode of spongebob where squidward moved to the squidward community 
and like he hated it. It was like he, everything was just normal. He got to do whatever, but by the end of the episode, it was so mundane that he was just like, oh my god, I've got to get back to that fucking starfish and that sponge. <laughs> I've got to get back. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like there, there, that there should be a utopia, though. For And it sounds jacked up, but the way I have it written in my notes is a utopia for washed-up rock stars. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, I'm not really sure that they would let people like R. Kelly in. Uh, I don't think that R. Kelly would have a safe space there. Um, with that being said, I mean, I don't really think that there's any washed-up children there. So, I mean, by his standards, he, you know, I don't know. I mean, wonder if the kids from Stranger Things are going to be badass after this. I'm sure they have wonderful careers ahead of them, but, I mean, who knows? They might still be young enough. That might be what actually happened to Michael Jackson. He might have went to the Utopia. He might have went to the Utopia, now that I think about it. Bill Cosby didn't make music, but I guess he was still an artist. What if that's where he is? He might hit, He might live in the utopia. In order for you to actually get out of the limelight and this world that we live in full of, you know, everything that we have going on, you pretty much either have to fake your death or you have to, you know, go completely like to where nobody is checking for you, gives a shit about you. And it's like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go, and I'm going to live in the community, the utopia. There's a different spin on the whole Tupac and Biggie thing, and Elvis. Because, I mean, shit, that could be where they are. They might have went to live in this utopian community. I would be really upset, though. Like, I'm my, my idea for this, though, really would be, like, you would know that they moved there. And they'd still be able to come back here whenever they, if they wanted to, periodically. Because I don't like the idea of, like, us even having to think that Lil Wayne's dead. <laughs> I mean, that would suck. And, you know, rest in peace. It's been one year uh, since the passing of Mac Miller. But, I mean, it'd be kind of great to know that Mac Miller was still alive. And he was like, hey, man, before this fourth wind of my career starts up, I'm just going to go ahead and tap out now, and I'm going to go live in the utopia. You know, it's... Just a thought. But it would be pretty awesome if you found out it existed. Uh, I just hope it's not in Cuba or in any area where there is a hurricane. Uh, especially where there's a hurricane because apparently the president wants to start putting nuclear missiles in hurricanes. I don't know that he wants to do that. I think that it might have been misconstrued not to defend the guy or anything, but... I think he was kind of asking, what if we did that? And I mean, in all actuality, I could easily see uh, a couple of stoners sitting around and coming up with the same conversation. I'm sure that we've all come up with that same conversation. Why can't they just put a bomb in the hurricane and just make it mess up? But I think in reality, the kind of blast that you would need to throw a hurricane off of its balance would be have to be astronomical like it probably would do more damage than good and with nuclear think about this if you dump a bunch of nuclear waste into a hurricane and into the ocean uh why 
do you realize if when that doesn't work because it probably would not ever work like all that's gonna just go into that that rain you're pretty much gonna have an acid hurricane a nuclear hurricane nuclear hurricane I won't say that I know that the the 30 of you that listen to this which thank you for listening with the 30 of you that listen to this, just say nuclear hurricane that sounds more fucked up than Sharknado 5. That sounds more fucked up than Sharkalanche. I mean, we can, I don't think, you know, we've, a hurricane alone is bad enough. But if you had a nuclear hurricane, that would be the pivotal worst experience that has ever come to the planet. And if any of you guys got the chance to watch that Chernobyl, um, I guess it's not a biopic docu series. I'm not really sure what it would be would have been called or classified as, but I learned a lot about the Chernobyl thing. But particularly in reference to what I'm talking about now, is they talked about how had things have been a little bit, even just the inkling bit worse, that all of that nuclear runoff would have went into a river and killed a bunch of fish, possibly killed a bunch of people, damaged all of society in parts of Europe all of this damage just because the water was tainted with nuclear waste or powerful not even nuclear waste ready top of the line charged nuclear shit nuclear runoff so it's it's crazy to think about if you put nuclear high charge powered nuclear whatever the hell in a hurricane and it went into the ocean onto land into the rivers all across america I mean, that that hurricane that he was specifically speaking on was Dorian. And Dorian has literally ravaged the East Coast. And it's just going up the East Coast. Like doing the worst thing it could possibly do. Just half in the ocean, half on land. Just... Right up the East Coast. And I don't know. That just sounds like that would be pretty tragic if it had nuclear capabilities within it i don't know shit about shit but safe to say that uh that's not going to be the answer i mean say what you will but if (laughs) that's another one if you guys happen to have any opinions on that one i'd love to hear from you on it (laughs) uh you know i feel like it's crazy that they say that donald trump doesn't drink because a lot of the things that Donald Trump says sounds like something a drunk man would say. Especially when he gets to tweeting. It's like, man, I know everybody here who has drank more than 10, to- 10 nights in their life has posted something on social media that they're like, shit, I'm going to delete this. Or shit, I don't even know what I was thinking when I said that. Or shit, I should not have said this. Or shit, my life is fucked because I said this. Donald Trump has those like almost every other day. And for him to say that he doesn't drink and he doesn't do drugs, which I don't think is true. But whatever. It's crazy to me. Because that means that he is completely sober and he says the wild shit he says. Like, I don't know. I mean... And I'm not necessarily... I mean, obviously, there's some kind of formula to his madness. I mean, the guy is president. 
the guy is probably going to continue to be president in 2020. Not saying that I want him to, but let's be honest, there's not exactly stiff competition. And the only competition that he has is too busy bickering over who's better than the other one. And nobody's, you know, fighting for some good shit right now. They're all pissing away on some pipe dreams about clearing people's debt and, you know, doing a bunch of shit that the rest of the rich-ass American people are not going to allow to happen. And you know what? I say that. I hope I'm wrong. Because, I mean, my entire life, I've always, you know, said, fuck the man, and we can make a change, and we can do whatever. So I don't want to say or give up hope for anybody. But I feel like there's such minuscule changes that happen to us everyday folk that it's like, I mean, I don't, I hate to say it, but there's way too much going on here with this whole uh, free universities and shit like that. There's way too much money being made at these universities for them to be free. There's way too much money going on. Now, just like anything else, though, I don't see why we can't meet in the middle. So we should, maybe they could completely fund the, uh, the you know, like a, like a, uh, uh, community colleges or something. But I'm not a politician. I don't know shit about that. I don't know any, I know that my tax dollars... 90% of my tax dollars probably goes probably goes to shit that I don't want it to go to anyway. But what are you going to do? You got to pay taxes. So we pay taxes. Uh, still doesn't mean that I'm happy about it. And it still doesn't mean that a, a nuclear a nuclear hurricane is a good idea. Cuz it's not. That's that's not a good idea at all. Um you know, it's it's been it's been a lot easier here since you know we had our kid for me to not drink as much. I ra I rarely get to go and have two beers, and at times it is a little frustrating. So, what I do in my head is I I have a lot more uh, uh, conversations with myself. And me and me continue to have these conversations about uh. And I imagine that this is like what a recovering alcoholic is like, but like worse because they don't ever get to drink and they're constantly like, I'm an addict, I can't do this, oh, you know, whatever, whatever it is that it may be. And I'm not picking on people in recovery. I mean, that's, that's great. My brother just hit 90 days the other day without drinking. He said that he's not necessarily uh, going to quit drinking indefinitely he was just going to ride it out and see how long he could go without drinking which is dope I think it's admirable for anybody who can put down drinking for forever I've tried a million times but I think that probably aside from the fact that I had a kid that being the best thing that's ever happened in my life but I think having a kid and me having a little bit more balance in my life and you know not having to sneak around to have drinks and shit like that like that's that's been a really big plus for me i really can uh it makes it a a more feasible journey like i don't feel as obligated or pissed at the world you know and i think that's happened to also since moving away from like my hometown it's kind of given me like a i don't i don't know every nook and cranny the same way that i used to i don't know all the people, and it's like, it's, I feel like it's built me up a little more, having to be out here, and, you know, I, I know I, nooks and crannies around here, too, but it's like, I don't have, like, that, 
desire all day, every day to drink. But what I was saying is I do really want to fucking drink <laughs> at times. Like, I'll, sometimes I'm, I'll just be sitting at the house. I'm like, shit, it's Saturday. There's football on. I'd really love to go to Buffalo. And I just got paid yesterday. I'd really love to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and drink, like, five of the biggest fucking glasses of the strongest beer that they have there and eat a bunch of shit. And it's just like, ah, but you know what? I'm not going to. Or I can't. Or we got to do stuff with the baby. I have other things to occupy my time. I have other things to bring up my spirits to where it's not like I'm just constantly trying to get away from some shit or deal with some shit. It's kind of nice. I've, I've learned a lot about myself. I've managed to lose some weight. I have lost 20 pounds. Excuse me. I have lost 24 pounds since I moved from uh, Macomb. And that's also pretty awesome, too. Uh, one thing I will say that is pretty crazy about that, though, is my plan. Well, how I made that work. It was a, There was a lot that went into me getting to where I lost some weight. Yeah, all I did was uh, stop eating like shit. And that's it. <laughs> I stopped eating like shit. I, I, I work. I mean, I have a job. Most most pe people, well, a lot of people have jobs, or a lot of people, and people who don't have jobs are usually fairly active. Most of most of us at this age aren't getting all of our shit paid for by our parents, so we're not just getting. To, and if we are, they're giving us grief about fucking being at home and they're paying for all of our shit. So you're having to try to be active somehow. Anyway, most people are fairly active, and if you're not, I mean. No offense, um, I guess, but you should be more active. But that's it. I stopped eating like shit, and I work. And that's and I have lost 23 pounds. I don't work out. And see, that's kind of something I want to start doing. But I don't work out. I don't do push-ups. I, I drink a lot of water. Uh, I drink a lot of Diet Coke still. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. The Diet Coke, I've even learned, aside from the fact that it gives you cancer and heart problems... It actually doesn't help you lose weight at all. I mean, people have told me that for a while. But I don't drink Diet Coke for that reason. I've drank Diet Coke since I was like 12. Because my mom and my grandmother drank it. And I lived with my grandmother and my mom for a long time. Or for a while. And, well, obviously I lived with my mom for a good while. But that's why I drink Diet Coke. And I can't really stomach an entire soda soda. <laughs> because I'm not big on sweets. Uh, but yeah, I mean... That is that is two awesome things. I'm glad I'm not a, a raging alcoholic that I drink have to have a drink every day or every other day. Sneaking off to the store to get a pint. Uh, I'm really glad that I lost some weight too because I get really I was getting really tired of just looking at myself looking like a fat ass. Uh, personally, I mean. For a long time there, I was pretty comfortable with it. Like, I didn't really have a problem with it because I guess I was whatever. But eventually, I was like, man, you know what? I'm 26, about to be 27, September 28th. And I'm like, shit, man. I, I have no excuse not to lose weight. I have no excuse to continue to spend bullshit money on food. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I sweat a lot at my job. I mean, I... I it's not like it's the hardest job in the world, but it's kind of like in, if it's hot outside, it's hot in my job, just the way that it's set up, but, uh, 
and it's nice. It kind of works. It works out because you know the sweating a lot and the I move around a lot, a lot more than I was previously, and it's like that kind of works well with the not eating like shit thing. So I, I'm really, really, really appreciative of the situation that I'm in. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty lit though. Uh, I'm going for 200 pounds. I'm at uh, 218 as of this morning. So I'm going for 200 pounds. And then when I get to 200 pounds, I might start trying to do some kind of working out, build a little muscle. I'm not trying to be a meathead, but in the same breath, I'm not trying to get down to 150 pounds and look like a crackhead either. So, because I feel like that's how, I feel like I would look like a crackhead if I got down to 150 pounds. So once you lose so much weight, eventually you really probably don't want to lose. I mean, I don't know shit about any of this stuff. I don't, I haven't done any research on whatever, all I've done research on is, uh, how to like, like as my skin like starts to I start to lose some it's like it starts to feel like looser and it feels weird so like I kind of want to get rid of that too but it's I don't think that it'll be bad enough like I know that some people who have a lot of excess skin have problems with that if they lose a lot of weight but I don't think that mine is going to be that much of an issue but maybe it will if it does if anybody's got any tips on that any pointers let me know uh, but yeah, I just want to say that if I, if I do have any listeners out of the few of y'all that actually listen, you really don't have to go and spend a shitload of money to lose weight. You actually can just try your damnedest to not eat like shit, and it will make a world of difference. Like, I had quit drinking a lot of beer way before I even started losing weight. And I lost some weight, but I get compensated with overeating. I would just eat a bunch of bullshit when I was back in, back at home. And it was like, since we've lived here, it's like, I don't know. Like, we go grocery shopping and get that shit done. And then it's like, when we do that, I just eat at the house. And try not to, I try not to buy shit that I can just eat easily. Like, I don't buy 12 packs of Hot, uh, 12 pack of hot Pockets anymore. I don't buy a shitload of snack cakes. I don't buy a shitload of chips. And if I do, I just, or if we do end up getting that, then I just try to pretend it's not there. <laughs> I just, like, do my damnedest to, like, not eat it. Because, but if you, you know, if you get focused on something enough and you just keep beating yourself up, not beating yourself up, but, you know, beating it over your own head, hey, I don't have to do this bullshit. I don't have to eat this bullshit. It, it works out. And I imagine with sodas, too. People probably cut back on sodas. It says that even if you quit drinking Diet Coke, it'll make a difference. But I know a lot of people drink are heavy on them Mountain Dews. They gotta have them fucking Mountain Dews. But I don't know. I am not at all a uh, physical trainer or health nut at all or anything like that. But I'm just letting you know what worked for me. Just try not to eat like shit and stay active, and it helps. You don't have to pay to go to a fucking gym. If you want to, sure, fine, but pay to go to that gym because, you know, put in the work. Go go, go try your best to see if you can even, you know, do that, and then let that be an addition to your, you know, whatever it is that you want to be. If you're wanting to lose weight or you're wanting to gain muscle which that's to be continued i can't imagine what it'll be like if i try to gain muscle i'll do 25 push-ups and be like fuck this <laughs> but i'm not really the one to ask i guess 
But yeah, I guess uh, I talked you guys uh, ears off enough. Um, I appreciate you listening to my therapy session. And uh, I'm really curious to see what y'all think about that uh, religion and blood thing. Because I'd love to hear an alternative opinion to that uh, from either angle. Maybe you have the justification angle. Maybe you don't. Um, either way, thank you all for listening. And uh, I'm going to have a guest on next week. And I'm looking for sponsors. If you guys know anybody who's interested, let me know. Businesses, artists, personal shout-outs, whatever it may be. It's not a lot of money. <laughs> I'm just trying to save some money. So thank you guys so much. Organic Podcast, Sickest in the South, thank you very much. For the 14th time, thank you very much.